My name is Jack Bencini, and I'm a partner in a business coaching company. And the name of that company is Maximum Value Partners. I'm here with my partner, Adam Sunhalter, and the purpose of our show is to talk about small business stuff, and specifically, all those, for you small business owners, you have an endless stream of how questions. How do I make a profit plan? How do I take care of this customer? How do I fire an employee? Blah, 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 blah. It goes on and on and on. Well, our coaching program helps owners of small companies answer those, those how questions. We help you get unstuck from a state of how, and we try to have fun doing it. That's what this program's all about. We basically are, are taking experiences that, that we've experienced with our clients, without mentioning their names, over the last couple of days. We've had uh, probably eight or ten meetings and real live kind of issues that, that are brought up become the, the fodder for our show here. So Adam Sunhalder, who's standing here tall, he likes to stand. He doesn't like to sit when we're sitting on our, well, we, it's only me. He's standing, right? <laughs> That's right. So anyway, hello, Adam. How are you? Good evening, Jack. Very, very blessed and having fun on a nice cold wintry night here in the uh, Cleveland area. Uh, you mentioned partners a lot, which is good. That's a big part of how we approach the world, which is very, very true. But you also mentioned the word try. Try. And it's that's a real, that's a term for uh, rugby. It's like uh, the equivalent of a touchdown for uh, football. Got it. So you're thinking of that, and I'm thinking of Yoda. Okay. Do or do not. There is no try, right? That's right. All right. So we don't try. We, we do. And owners do. And that's what we're here to help is the small business owners. Um, companies from one to 25 employees is our sweet spot. We work with clients in, in all different kinds of industries. And the, the reason we're here on the, on the radio and our podcast is for this 30 secrets of small business show is to share a lot of the stories and examples we've got to let you know that as an owner of a small company, whatever challenge, opportunity, whatever it is that you're facing, you're not alone. There are answers to all those various how questions that Jack was talking about at the opening here of the show. There, your days are filled with those how questions, and where do you find the answers for them? We have them too. You know, again, we're we're owners of companies. We've owned and operated twenty companies ourselves, and you know, we've been, we've been operating Maximum Value Partners for the last fifteen years, which is our business coaching company. And we have lots of how questions too. We're always looking for help in different areas, but we've been there and seen it, and, and our clients have too. And we love being able to share their stories with you to help give you a sense of what's kind of going on. And we always welcome you to be part of the show. You can get us here when we're, we're live in the studio on Wednesdays. How do they do that? I don't know. <laughs> Give us a call. How do we got, they do that? Sean is not standing by. He's sitting by. But Sean, our engineer, is in the, in the booth waiting for the phone calls. 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468. Treat them right and we'll get you through. And you can, you can have your how questions answered. You want to respond to something that, that we're talking about here. We have uh, ways to get hold of us out on Twitter. We've got three ways there. We've got our company. Uh, Twitter handle, which is at Maximum VP. If you want to get a hold of Jack Mancini, you can do that at, at Jack M MVP. And if you want to get a hold of me, it's at Adam Sonhalter. We like emails. We're old school that way. That's kind of it. Seems old school now being emails, but it is uh, old school, isn't it? Yeah. I know a lot of people don't like to check emails. We check our emails thoroughly and quickly <laughs> and respond to them in, in the same way. And our email is radio at Maximum VP. And then our website, MaximumVP.com, and forward slash how, H-O-W. 
nice little form there for you to fill out and, and submit your how question that you've got that you want us to address either on the air or we can respond to you off the air as well. So lots of ways to get a hold of us, lots of ways to be part of the show today, uh, lots of ways to get a hold of us when we're not on the air. But uh, we have a lot of fun doing this, and, and we have a continuation tonight, Jack. We were talking last week in the second half of our show about something that's a that's a that's a key topic. Oh wait, we were yeah, we were talking about it on our show, but we've been talking to two clients currently. It's never ending and it's probably one of the most complex complex how questions that you're going to come across in your business. And that is how do I set my selling price? That's all right. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Hey, I remember when Bill Clinton was uh president and he came in for a little town hall meeting and somebody in fact I think it might even been Ohio I I stand to be corrected on that but uh, he was fielding questions from the audience and somebody asked no somebody somebody said that the taxes hurt his small business because it increased his costs and therefore his profits are, are reduced and Bill Clinton, who was a pretty smart guy, pretty entertaining guy, as we all know, he, uh, he, he wasn't lining up with empathy with this guy. He said, hey, all you got to do is increase your price a couple of pennies to cover that cost for taxes. And the guy sort of looked at him totally incredulous and couldn't believe that's what he said. But I'm going to repeat it. A lot of small business owners set their selling price by looking at all the wrong places. All you got to do is raise your price a couple pennies to cover whatever cost you think you have, if you even know your cost. Wait, wasn't there a song for that, Jack? <laughs> looking for my price in all the wrong places. That's right. That'd oh, wait, be good. no, it's a different song. Wait. Yeah, I got it, though. I looking know for love, mean. right? All right, well, it can be... It can love, be price, <laughs> sales increases, or price increases, what the heck's the difference, That's right? That's right. So what are, you know, what are some of the, the, the wrong places that people tend to look for the, to, to be able to set their selling price? Well, they go to websites of competitors. Mm. That's, that's a pretty sharp way to do it, isn't it? So you start your business, and one of the most strategic, important decisions in your entire company, you don't even make yourself. You go let your competitor make it for you. So he's charging a buck or whatever. And, hey, I'm going to charge 98 cents, whatever. I'm going to undercut them on price. That's, that's right. one way. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very steep curve that we like to refer to, which is the going out of business curve. you got to watch that curve, Jack. It can be kind of dangerous to get on once you start that. But most people who do that don't know how to assemble their costs, gather their costs, put it in a form that they can say, okay, here's what this whatever it costs me this. I got to buy materials, perhaps, depending on what your product is. I got to put labor to it, if not just my own, the people I'm paying. And I got a pesky subject that, that I'm incurring all around me called overhead. You got to understand those three, those three categories to understand your costs. And most people don't have a chance. You know, we get a kick out of reading statistics about how many small businesses go out of business after just a couple of years. And usually the journalist who's writing about this, time after time after time, says what, Adam? What does he say the reason for going out of business? Uh, one of the top ones is that the company was undercapitalized. <laughs> what does that mean for a small business owner? Uh, that's, is this that's a Wall Street bond issue <laughs> and, and derivatives? That uh, no, I don't think so. It's, hey, I got 10000 bucks in my pocket, and I got another 50000 in my IRA. I'm going to take this and put it into my company. 
I just ran out of capital. Probably one of the biggest reasons because you didn't know how to set your selling price to make sure you are profitable. Or whatever your objective is, you know very clear-headedly why and what. And you usually don't. But hey, can't I make it up in volume, Jack? Yeah. If you're losing, if you're losing two cents on every widget, just sell more of them. Then all of a sudden your profits will increase. See, now, there's no wait, there, as funny as that sounds and as stupid as it might sound, <laughs> a lot of people do it, but there is some wisdom. You can't, now, we, we won't get into things like contribution no. margin and all that stuff. Yeah, we might. We got, we got a little time <laughs> on today's show. We're going we're gonna to get into t- t- today some of the, the myths, okay? And so, again, part of our, our goal here with Dirty Secrets is to help reveal and kind of debunk some of the myths that are out there. We'll also dig into some of the things, like like we just mentioned, in terms of making up making up for it in volume, which is... Uh, again, there's some truth to, to, to some of these things if you understand right. your costs. That's a big part of this. And so when you're talking about going to the right place versus the wrong place to set the selling price, so going out and looking on competitors' websites, looking at their brochures, placing phone calls, and, and focusing solely on the competition, that's a good data point to have, but it should not be your only data point. Well, if I'm a, a manufacturing company, I can do all kinds of averaging and, you know, who wants to hire accountants to compile data? I know what I'm doing. I I have an average uh, material cost by some crazy kind of measurements. Even though you've got 50 different products that vary and the costs vary because of the variability of those products. Or, again, labor. How much labor is put into my product, each one? How in the heck do I figure that out, Adam? I'll let you handle overhead, too. What the heck is overhead? Overhead is the, the ceiling tiles that you're almost bumping in because you're standing up. <laughs> That's it. If I jump almost. up at the ceiling, there you go. So, <clears throat> yeah, that, that that is over my head, but that's uh, that's a different kind of over my head or that's, overhead. So the, the overhead stuff is what people may often refer to as those fixed costs. Okay, and I'll say fixed versus variable. And the idea here being that those are costs that, that are going to be there whether you sell anything or not. So some simple examples would be your rent, or maybe your you know, one of your favorites, Jack, is insurance, mm. or utility bills, or I've got dues and subscriptions for for different things that I subscribe to. There's certain costs that are there um, that are part of running your business. That again, whether you sell or don't sell, that those costs don't necessarily change. They're they're kind of there. And it, well, it can get trickier too, like variable, semi-variable cost, or semi-fixed. All that fancy cost accounting discussion semis semis like trucks trucks wow. trucks coming in delivering those supplies which you use up uh when when you're producing that, your product those are variable that, semis wait, that so go through is the that walls. what that means yeah, sure it does. semis coming in all right <laughs> all right so we're going to talk about some of these things and they, again these are common things that we hear a lot as jack said you know, not only did we start talking about this last last week but it's been it's been a theme the reason we brought it up is because it was a theme uh, coming into last week, and it's, it's continued mm. to be a theme for, for for several of our clients. Right, exactly. And, they're, and, they're, yeah, they're well, it's trying a, to figure out how do I set my selling price. They well, usually ask that question after we ask them how they set their selling price. Well, it's a, it's <laughs> a, they don't know. It's a common, it's a, it's a common thing, especially this time of year. 
as we're getting into the planning season, we're, we're, we're the latter part of the planning season here is, we, is if people start to plan out what their plans are for 2018. Okay, here we are in December. December 6th. Happy St. Nicholas Day, by the way, Jack. Hey, you're welcome. So Wait a minute. You aren't supposed to say time periods for... Sure, uh, for live shows, it's good. It's when we record shows, Jack. <laughs> but thanks for the keeping it. Good to know you're listening. We got it. That's right. <laughs> All right. That's right. So the, 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 the key is, is we, you got to make sure... Now I lost my train of thought. That's okay. So we get, we've got to be able to have our costs down. Costs are very important. We're, we're heading here to break. But I also want to mention the forecasting part. We didn't talk about that yet, Jack. So no. forecasting and costs are two key components when it comes to properly setting your selling price. Okay. So if we if we do it if we do it right, our costs are going to be in line. We're going to understand what's kind of going on, and we'll get into some of these these different uh, things that folks will talk about in terms of. Would be variable versus fixed, whether they're semis or or, or just uh, just uh, uh, trucks, plain trucks as opposed to semi trucks. That's right. Whatever else you kind of got, <laughs> little make, box trucks. Yeah, good. But, but, but making sure we have it again, as I said, in terms of the planning, this is planning for for, for looking out to 2018, and if we're looking at trying to get an idea what our sales volume is going to be, it's not unusual people talk about increasing prices at. At, at this time of year. So we'll delve into more about how do you properly set your selling price. I'm Adam Sunhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini, and we are business coaches. We've been together doing business coaching for over 15 years. We love it. We've been successful, and our clients are successful if they stay coachable. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com. Welcome back to Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sunhalter. Hey, and I'm Jack Mancini, and we're business coaches, and we're talking about real live business coaching stuff. We have clients that we meet with daily, and from those clients, what do we want to call it? Uh, I can't remember the word, but we we have clients, and they're real live questions and concerns, which, which are reduced to how questions are what we deal with every day. And we're dealing with one of those how questions that I think three, at least two, but three current clients are having issues with as we're getting into the planning season. They want to know how the heck do they set their selling price. So we're going to ask you, our vast listing audience out here, how the heck do you, small business owners, set your selling price? Do you even know how to set a selling price? You don't do things like copy your your competitors, do you? Just call on their website and and uh, my competitor is selling whatever service or product he has for a hundred bucks. You're going to copy that, maybe even discount a little bit. And how he got his, who knows? But he sees yours and he drops his. All of a sudden, before you know it, your hundred dollar selling price is down to fifty bucks, and you're losing money. And two years later, you go out of business. Boy, that sounds awful negative, but it's true, Adam. <laughs> That's part of the part of the challenge, and the reason why looking for your competitor is the sole uh, point of contact when it comes to to uh, setting your selling price is that you assume that that competitor of yours a knows what the heck they're doing when it comes to setting a selling price, and b that they're making money, and c that their cost structure is going to be similar to yours. So if you're in a type of business where you may have, you know, let's say a few employees and you, and you have a, a place that you rent, you got a little bit of overhead there, and the person you're competing against is a one-man shop or one-woman shop, and the cost structure for them is very, very different. 
So while they may be able to have a price that they're able to make money on, that's a lot lower. Maybe it's even half of what you can make money on. But if you're none the wiser and you're setting your price based on theirs, it's going to be tough. And one of the, 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 the those uh, those myths that we, that we should be busting here, Jack, people often try to use price as a weapon to get in the door with the idea that once I'm in there, I can raise my prices up. Well, that so rarely like, is the case. It's like a, a a woman marrying a man who thinks she, who she thinks he can who who she thinks she can change. <laughs> Same thing. One of those gender specific. That's because men never think that. Only they women don't think, think that. that. Right. They don't try to change their women. <laughs> That's right. Men are just happy that she decided to, to marry him, and they can't believe she's that stupid, right? That's usually how it works. <laughs> That's what. That's exactly right. Yes. So let's kind of frame this real quick here, because again, this is this is a very deep topic, and and obviously, we, you know, we're going to do our best to cover it here in, in the hour we've got today on our show and on our podcast. But um, if you're if you're listening to the podcast, we want you to to, to, to be able to pause it for a second here. So we, want you, we want you to go get your P and L, okay? <laughs> If you're in front of your computer listening live, get get, get your QuickBooks file, get, get your latest profit and loss statement. Because I think having that, that in, in front of you, or have it in mind, most most will clients help. don't even know where their profit and loss statement is. All right, well, you got to certainly pause it or come back and listen to this part of the show again. Because we want to make sure we talk about when we talk about costs. What what are we talking about? Because most of our clients, or again, are, are owners of small companies, and the number one tool that, that that they use to track their numbers is QuickBooks. So chances are most of you listening have you know ha- have QuickBooks. And Jack and I are always amazed when you look at QuickBooks, the top line, which they call income, which is revenue and sales, same thing, okay, top line. And then the next thing will be kind of cost of goods sold and gross profit. Okay, we are amazed at how often the income or sales number is equal to the gross profit number, all right? There's, no, no, there's nothing in between the, 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 the sales number and the gross profit number. And then they got a bunch of expenses, and then they have net income on the bottom, right? So... They're all lumped together. It's typically how things are. Things are just kind of lumped together. All you know, all things being equal. And most most so, most are are surprised to learn how their company is reflected in those financial statements. But uh, we won't get into so that well. Either. So no. So so what happens? Is most folks are, are probably scratching their heads, and here here we are talking about you know looking and understanding your costs, Jack. And they're looking at this going, well, how do I look at this mess of numbers and figure out, well, how do I l- use that to try to figure out what, what, what my price is supposed to be? Good point. You know, Good so point. so understanding your cost is key and also understanding your forecast in terms of your sales volume, in terms of how much of, if you have a product or, you know, th- th- that you're selling, how many of those products are you going to sell next year? If you have services that, that, that you're offering, you know, often the case is going to be you might have hours that you're selling. How, how many hours are you going to sell next year? But having those two are key things you want to have to be able to start to get the pricing down properly. So we try to keep things simple. For those of you who who have known us for a while, or whether you've known us through the this Dirty Secret show or you know us you know, out and about, you know we try to keep things simple. Okay, We don't confuse simple with easy. We try to keep things simple because for our clients who are business owners, it can be real confusing real quick. And so when we talk about keeping things simple, let's try to group into three main categories our costs, our expenses. All right, so one is material. Now, material usually is the, uh, you know, one of the easier ones to understand, I think. Okay, so if I'm producing a coffee mug or whatever I'm producing, I've got certain costs of that material that goes into producing that mug. People can usually see that. Or if I, let's, let's make it even easier. Let's go with, the pizza, let's go with pizza, Jack. Jack, I love pizza. I think most of you probably do too. And for those of you who don't know, Ohio is the number one per capita <laughs> consumer of pizza, Jack. Did you know that, Jack? I've heard that. I've heard over, that somewhere. Over 90% of us here in Ohio order pizza once a month. So try to beat that. Ohio is a great place to be for pizza. So picture that, Picture that. you know, making that pizza. Okay, I've got my dough. 
I got my sauce. I got some cheese. I'm going to have some toppings that go on it. So I can see that that, 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 that material cost. Wait a okay? minute. You just reminded me of, of another, other than looking at uh, uh, the competitors' prices, there was a landscaper. We're not going to say it's our client or not. In this case, it wasn't. Yes, it was, but a long time ago. And that landscaper would set his selling price by marking up a percentage, increasing oh. material only, because he could. He said, "Hey, that's that's the only cost I can really easily identify." So I mark it up fifty percent, and that covers all my. That's how I set my selling price. I remember that one. You're reminding me now when you say material. I remember that's another way that people will will set their selling price. Take the simplest of these three things you're going to talk about yeah. and just increase it by a percentage, and that's what i got to sell. As long as my material costs are covered, hey, Adam, that 50% is going to cover a lot of stuff, so I'm going to make a profit. That's another great example, Jack. So you know, when you look at you know somebody with mulch or with stones or with uh, with trees, or, you know, again th- these tangible things are helpful for, helpful for these examples. So you can see that that cost, and you brought up the markup. Okay, so here's where that often goes wrong. So the uh, simple example of markup versus margin. Usually, what they want to do is they want to get a margin of fifty percent. So they want hey, I'll mark it up by fifty percent. So here's what happens. Picture I, I'm that landscaper. And I have a tree. It costs me a hundred bucks as a landscaper. So if I'm going to mark that up by 50%, I take that $100 times 1.5, and I get 150 right? Yeah. Hey, isn't that, that sounds good. That's not a 50% margin, though. Sure. If I'm selling it for 150 just increase it uh, fit by 50%. Right. So if I, if I sell it for 150 <laughs> and it cost me 100 that means I made 50 bucks on that, right? On that 150 Right. That means my margin's 33%. Uh, wait a minute. I wanted a 50% margin. Well, you got to divide it by 0.5. Geez, I had trouble in school with division and multiplication. Right. So what what am I supposed so, to do? Yeah, divide by point five or just double at that at that point. I gotta go from a, I gotta charge two hundred bucks for that. So I make a hundred bucks on the two hundred bucks. That's fifty percent margin. Hey, wait, go over that again slowly, Adam. That's All pretty right. I I never heard that before. All right. So margin versus markup. People often use that idea of hey, I want, you know, I want to mark something up to get a margin. Those two are not connected at all. Matter of fact, if you mark things up, you're going to have a lower margin. So in this case, again... So if I come in and say, I want a 50% margin, all these years I've been been multiplying my material cost by by 50, by 150. Yeah, by 1.5 to get... And then, so that $100 item, you're charging 150 for it. But i got to go back then and recalculate the, the profit on that, and hey, you're right. It doesn't come out to 50%, does it? Wow. That's right. <laughs> All right, so but material again. That's the that's usually one of the easier ones for people to see because it can often be very tangible. It's right there, and and, and they'll, they'll be back and forth. Some folks don't mark things up like that, or they 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 don't try to get a certain margin. They'll just say hey, we'll, we'll kind of pass it through. And some businesses don't have material. They're, right, they're service type businesses. So that's where it starts to get a little more complicated. But uh, you know, so it's the material part. You, know, you have to kind of see that and track it. I think most p- people do. And when they say, hey, I'm, I'm selling it for a profit. I'm not selling or giving away my, you know, you know, I'm not charging less than I'm paying for my materials. So they think, hey, I, I'm making money on this thing, okay? So what that tells us is that that may often be somebody who doesn't, maybe, it's, maybe it is that, that, that one man or one woman shop who doesn't have employees, and they aren't putting any, any cost from a labor standpoint into it. They're not putting a price tag on their time and effort. But they're saying, hey, so if I have that $100 item and I can sell it for $150, I made 50 bucks, Jack. Now, the fact that it took me... Uh, you know, an hour to go find that thing and pick it up and go deliver it and install it and everything else. It's you know, it's fifty bucks. You know, 
So so they aren't putting that 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 labor cost into it. Hey, wait, go over that go over that margin thing again. I'm uh, I'm still digesting that. All these years I've been in business, I never knew that. All right, not so really, you... but uh, for <laughs> I don't want to appear that dumb. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Fire so, away. It's all right. So if I if I have a certain desire, but des- wait a minute, I know <laughs> I know there are a lot of people out there who are just learning this for the first time, and to that degree, I respect it, and it's it's a great great little piece of information. That's a dirty secret, wouldn't you say, Adam? Absolutely. Yeah. So if I want to get a margin, okay, if I, versus marking it up, most people will take whatever that price is going to be. We're using 100 bucks in this in this case. 100 bucks for material. And if they want a 50% margin, they'll take it times 1.5 and get a price of 150. What you really need to do is you need to divide it by 1 minus your desired margin. So 1 minus 0.5 is 0.5. So you divide it by the 0.5. So 100 divided by 0.5 is equal to 200. If I wanted a 90% margin, let's say, right, I would divide it by 1 minus 0.9, which is 0.1. So I'd charge 1000 bucks for that thing. So I'd make 900 bucks on 1000 to get that 90% margin. So it's, it's, a, it's a different way to go about doing it, but we have to go. We have to, we're up against a break here, Jack. We can come yeah, back we should and play around let them digest that, that a little bit. Divide and multiply uh, your, your cost, the selling price. Play around with that, and you'll be amazed what, what you'll learn. All right, stay tuned uh, for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business. We'll keep talking about how you set your selling price, and we may get a little bit more into margins and markups, all that kind of good stuff. But stay tuned for that. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. Any how questions you have, chances are very good, very good, that we can frame it for you and with that come up with a decent solution. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at WINTradio.com. It's hurt, will hurt no more. I'll be home. All right, we're back at it here on Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. And as I have been saying, we are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners. We deal with companies from 1 to 25 employees, any industry, any size beyond that 125 in terms of uh, uh, sales revenue and other activity makes no difference. Chances are very good we can help you as a business owner get unstuck from a state of how. And we're messing around with a how question tonight. It's actually on our client's docket. We are talking about it all week with, with two or three of our clients. And the question is, the how question is, how do I set my selling price? Holy crap. That should be an easy fundamental thing, isn't it, Adam? I never thought much of, of the importance of that. Well, it's certainly one of the first things people do when they get into business because you got to say, okay, what are you selling and, okay, what are you selling it for? And uh, before we get into that real quick, just if you want to be part of the show, you can get a, you can get us here live in the studio. Sean is sitting by, not standing by. He's sitting in, in, in the engineering room over there at 440-946-9468. Again, 440-946-9468 to respond to what we're talking about. And we touched on, uh, before we went to break, Jack, we were talking about the margins versus markup. And that was the easier part, which is the material piece. But that often gets confused and gets and gets messed up. We know it because we've dealt with hundreds of clients over the years, and dozens and dozens and dozens of people make that mistake. They're 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 well intentioned, looking to have a certain margin, and they wind up using the markup instead, and the margin is much lower than they thought. They they run some numbers and they say, yeah, I need a fifty percent margin, 
to basically uh, run, run these numbers and expenses and I can make a profit. So they mark it up like Adam was saying and it turns out to be a 30% or 33% margin, not a 50% margin that they needed, only because they didn't know to divide rather than multiply. That's right. So and, quick, and that that's a dirty, that's a very good secret because we run into it so often. So many people don't know it. So anyway. that's okay. So just a quick recap: we're talking about how, how to set the selling price and big picture wise. We we want to make sure you have a couple things in place that that, that you have you know to to make this worthwhile for you. Looking at and understanding your costs and understanding what your forecast is going to be. So we're talking about costs first, and we'll get to the forecast here you know, before the end of the show. But from the cost standpoint. We're trying to put it into three major buckets. And so the, the, the last segment we are talking about was material. So material costs, again, we gave examples of pizza. You got your dough and your sauce and cheese, all kind of good stuff. Or landscapers got mulch and stone and trees, that kind of stuff. So the material costs, pretty easy to see, pretty tangible. The second component is labor. Okay, So I don't care what kind of business you have, whether it be manufacturing, whether it be service business, whatever it might be, retail, you've got labor. And labor, that is one of the tougher ones, okay? And the reason we say that, a couple things you have to kind of think about, but big picture-wise, think about productive labor and unproductive labor. Unproductive. Isn't that uh, people sitting around, for those who still smoke, go out and take smoke breaks? Is that unproductive? Could be. Yeah, sitting around just uh, talking to, to their coworkers about yesterday's baseball game. Or yeah, well, it might be football. Or wait, well, it might be basketball. Well, humans being humans and not machines, you also have sick days and vacation days, and you have um, some time where they aren't maybe maybe billing. So, the, when it comes to labor, the, there's a direct cost of labor that's related to the to the to producing your product or service. So, if it's in a manufacturing plant, somebody's working the line to help to produce that product, to help manufacture that product. If it's a service-based company. You're delivering services. Often, it's billable services, so somebody's being able to be billed from a, you know from an hourly standpoint. So, keep it real simple. If you look at what somebody could do, and, and people are still looking at that, that whole idea of a forty-hour work week, right, Jack? So you got mm. forty hours a week of of time where somebody's being paid to work if, if they're a salaried employee, and you have fifty-two weeks in the year, so that's two thousand and eighty hours during the course of the year. But unless you're a a lawyer or an accountant who's who, who's billing by the, the the tenth of the hour, and, and there's a lot of pressure to bill those hours, and you're having to work sixty or seventy hours a week to bill those forty hours. Most folks aren't billing those forty hours a week. They have you know, other things that are that, that are going on. They have you know in addition to I mentioned sick time or vacation time, you have you have meetings. You have things that, that kind of go on that are part of it that, that, that aren't really, let's say, billable time. Sure, things break down. There's there's different reasons. Uh, schedules aren't necessarily met by whoever should meet them, so it's going to be downtime. You have some training that happens with, with some of the better companies. There are certain things that, that happen where you, you, know, you aren't going to have 100% of your time billed so out. Wait, so wait, I'm, I'm being paid uh, 25 bucks an hour. Okay. And I my hours are... are put on some invoice that the office prepares because those are billable hours. My time is billable. And that's all well and good because that turns into sales. And we like that, don't we? Sure. Now, if all of a sudden I'm still being paid 25 bucks an hour, but I'm sitting on my Budinsky because things aren't flowing my way for whatever reason, and I don't bill those hours, what the heck happens then, Adam? What happens? I don't know, those the hours... company's still paying me, but I'm not 
producing anything. They can't bill sales. How do they cover my, my salary? What do they do? What do so, we call them? Getting so, panic yeah, so, now. So, so, that's, so that's come back to productive versus unproductive. So that's kind of slowed down a little bit. We start talking about numbers, and I'm Staring a big-time numbers I'm guy now. I want to make sure I'm billable. All right. So let me let, let, let's <laughs> so we threw a couple numbers out there. So we threw, threw out you know what a full-time you know salaried person would be for would be 2,080 hours, right, Jack? So 25 bucks an hour. So if I multiply those two together, 2,080 times 25, I get an annual salary of $52,000. Okay. Okay. All right. So your point is, hey, you know, that, you know, you're not going to bill for all 2,080 hours. You're going to have some, some vacation time, some sick time, some meeting time. Heck, you're going to have time trying to track all, all the hours that, that you're billing, Jack, who right? Who the heck pays that? My company pays that? The, wow. the company's paying, the company's paying a salary, right? Mm-hmm. So again, keep in mind what we're talking about here is tracking your costs in order to make sure you set your selling price properly. Okay, and I'm with you. And it comes back to, to what we were talking about before too, in terms of forecasting. So if I assume that hey, you know what, you aren't going to bill all your hours. Let's say maybe you know instead of billing two thousand and eighty hours, maybe you're only going to bill, know, let's say seventy percent of those time. Or let's make the numbers easy. You know, what's fifteen hundred hours? Let's say. Okay, that's yeah, seventy-two. Let's, let's, okay, yeah. let's, 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 let's try, 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 try to keep the, the, the math easy. Let's say fifteen hundred hours you're going to bill, so you're going to have almost six hundred hours where you've got again you got vacation time. You maybe maybe you're a long time employee. You got to get quite a bit of vacation or sick time, or you're 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 managing a team. Again, you maybe aren't billing directly. Yeah, I never thought of that. So my company keeps paying me, but I'm not putting hours on the on the workload here that allow them to bill to the customer. Hey, I'm kind of like a big rock all of a sudden, aren't I? <laughs> so if you, if you look at that in terms of, again, we figured out the 52000 annual salary based on 25 bucks an hour, kind of what the hourly rate's going to be. Okay. But if I'm only working or I'm only billing 1,500 hours, the cost of the company isn't $25 an hour, Jack. It's really almost $35 an hour. Holy crap. Okay, so how did I get much? that number? Yeah, how did you? So instead you didn't of. divide rather than multiply. It's not one of that. Those <laughs> I divided by a different number. Okay. So instead of taking my $52,000 salary and dividing it by 2,080 hours, I divided by the hours that I'm billing, which is 1,500 hours. Okay. So if I take my $52,000 salary and divide by 1,500, 1500 hours, I get $34.67. That's okay, it. so that's the that's the effective cost. And that's coming back to the, the the unproductive part of it. So those Un- 580 hours I'm not billing; those are the unproductive hours. Unproductive means I can't bill them. So so that's increasing that's my cost. Yeah, it's increasing the cost of the company instead of really being $25 an hour. It's almost 35. So it's almost it's almost an extra $10. It's almost an extra 40 percent increase in the cost. Wow. By having those be unproductive. And I'm just marking up my material to cover all that stuff, right? So let's so let's 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 make that case, okay? We can come back to the, to the whole idea of marking up versus margin. Let's say, hey, you know, if I'm thinking simply, Jack, and I, I ha- I've got you hired for 25 bucks an hour, and what I want to do is I want to I want to just mark up, you know, you by 40%. So I'll charge 35 bucks an hour for your time, Jack. Okay. Okay. So I want to make a margin of thirty or forty percent. Wait a minute, that's not going to be that's going to be a different margin, isn't it? That's right. Because we just talked about that in the last segment. That should be a lower margin. <laughs> but that but that ten bucks. Here here I'm thinking I'm making ten bucks for every hour you work. And if you work a couple thousand hours, I'm making twenty grand on you, Jack. That's good. That's, that's pretty a, good, that's right? So my little plan starts to show. All right, right. my plan. So here we go but throughout reality, the year. Yeah, yeah here we go, go throughout on. the year. What happens is I'm 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 maybe losing money on you. 
I can't figure or out it's, why. It's, so it's I like go, break I even. I go beat you a little bit because you're not working hard enough. That's I see right. You're sitting around all the time. But it's <laughs> That's so right. You're calling off sick. Fun. You're going on vacation with you know two week vacation with your spouse and your kids and you're never posting here. on I'm, Facebook. I'm losing. I'm losing money. I gotta. I'm undercapitalized. I gotta put more money in the company. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So so you gotta have a sense of that. And so the, 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 those unproductive hours are, are a big piece when it comes to the labor part of it. And, again, that's more so for the folks who are on salary. Again, hourly is what it is. Usually if they have an hourly person, they're going to be, you know, it's directly related to them working. Uh, but it's for, the, for the salary folks, you're going to have some unproductive time. You're paying them for some of the this, this stuff. You want to factor that in to your pricing. So instead of, mm-hmm. instead of marking up or, or, or increasing at the margin, you know, from that $25 an hour, I should have done it by the $35 an hour number, right? Wow, it's getting compliment money. So, so no wonder so many companies go out of business. Well, seriously, what happens? So, if if I do that, so that you know that 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 thirty five dollars, yeah, it's thirty four, you know, thirty four, um, <laughs> thirty five bucks. If I if I were to increase that by forty percent, if 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 I just mark it up by forty percent, so it's it's forty nine bucks. So, so it's almost double. Here here's your, here's your, here's what where people get confused. So here's Jack going. Hey, wait a minute. They're paying me twenty five bucks an hour. All right. And they're billing me out of fifty bucks an hour. They're making well, a boatload of money. They're making a killing they? on me, aren't they? That's right. I should do that they for myself. Me more money, right? So, so this, it's not it's not taking into account some of that that unproductive time, the fact that 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 you're getting paid to do to do these things, and and, and being part of that team. So it's it's understanding what those true costs are. Mm-hmm. So that's a key part when it comes to labor, is productive versus the unproductive. And that's just, again, we're keeping a very simple example to keep the numbers simple, Jack. You know, you have other costs, you know, when it comes to employees, right? You have benefits and taxes, all that kind of good stuff, right? So we want to make sure it's in there. And, and when, you're, when you're looking at the, the hourly cost to you of your employees, make sure you factor in the unproductive time. That's correct. So the forecast is key. So know if I know what, what, what my salary is going to be or the total cost of that employee, if I look at the fully loaded cost of a salary plus benefits, whatever else I got in taxes, Make sure the, the, the thing you use to divide it by is not the 2,080 hours that are available in the year, but the actual hours you think that person's going to be billable for you. That's right. Okay? And you'd be amazed how different that hourly cost looks versus what you maybe you thought it was going to be. And when it comes to setting your price, how you do that. Well, so labor's having, very key. Having somebody sit around and not be productive when they should be productive, and it's not because of their fault many times, is is a cost that you'd have to factor in absolutely Adam and that that person who is supposed to be productive but isn't but yet you're paying him or her is equivalent to paying rent or leaving the lights on it it's a cost every bit of a cost of business that more identical straightforward things are that's a big big deal all right, we're going to head to break here. we got our last break of the show. We'll come back. We'll keep talking some more about setting or selling price and how do you factor in your, your real true cost as well as what the forecast for the, for the next 12 months is going to be. So stay tuned. I'm Adam Sonhalter. And I'm Jack Mancini. We are business coaches with Maximum Value Partners, MVP, most valuable player. That's the best way to think of us. And we help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how. Stay tuned for more Dirty Secrets of Small Business on Integrity Radio, WINT 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.
right, welcome back to the final segment of our show for this evening. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Adam Sonhalter. Hello, Adam. I'm Jack Mancini, and we, Adam and I, have been business coaches together for over 15 years. Holy crap. Time's gone fast, Adam. Seems like only yesterday. Anyway, we help owners of small companies get unstuck from a state of how, and we're digging deep to get many owners unstuck with how the heck do you set your selling price. We're talking about division, short division, not long division, so it's easier. Division and multiplication on on certain factors here to try to keep it very simple. And it's a very complex subject. That's why most small business owners don't address it. They don't know how. We do. We know how. Yes, we do. And so one of the things we want to make sure we do, we talked about a couple of the cost areas. and We touched on material cost in, in, in the second segment, and we touched on the, on the labor cost in the third segment. And here in the final segment, we we'll touch on the overhead cost. Oh, boy. To make sure we, we get that. And the overhead, again, as I mentioned in the opening, is what some people may refer to as the fixed cost. And it's the things that that are often that they're going to be there whether you you sell sell dollar one or revenue or not. So things like rent or your dues and subscriptions, your your phone internet connection, maybe some meals and entertainment. Um, you know, there's just uh, there's cost to having to having the we, business we kind can, of going. Your insurance costs. We can have variables in there too, unfortunately. That kind of gums up the works with overhead sometimes. Yeah, you know insurance. What I mean yeah, well, like it, it, supplies. Right. You know, you use supplies. They aren't direct to the job. They're lumped in some category to collect that cost, and then it has to be lumped into the to the overall pool of costs that are going to be spread over these products. So part of what you want to do is you want to get a, a sense of those. Remember, we, we were talking, I think, in the first segment, Jack, about how people usually have, a, have their profit and loss statement and they got the QuickBooks, and all the expenses are lumped together. So you want to be able to kind of go through and identify those. So you should be able to go through quickly and take out the material costs and the labor costs. And so now what's left is going to be this overheads for right now. So you have a bucket of that stuff, right? And where this comes in and where this is very helpful, and I'm going to tie it into the forecasting piece that we're talking about. So if I, if I have a, a lump sum now of costs that are that, that are my overhead, what we want to do with that is we want to be able to apply that to our selling price. Okay. So if I've got my, my, my material identified pretty well and I'm, I'm doing the proper calculation of margin instead of just, just doing the markup, if I'm looking at my labor the right way, and I'm, I'm factoring out unproductive labor. I'm, I'm, I'm pricing it the the, the the proper way there as well. Okay, I'm doing a good good part for that to, to understand to build up what what my price should be because I'm, I'm understanding what my costs are. Right now, from the, the the overhead piece, the way this gets added onto it, picture having that having that that lump sum of, of overhead dollars. Again, to keep things simple. Let's say it's a hundred thousand dollars. Okay, let's keep it simple. Simple numbers. What I want to then look at is I want to look at to spread that over whatever your whatever it is that you produce. So if you're producing a product, okay. So let's say you're gonna you, you're gonna produce a hundred thousand mugs, Jack. Okay, I'm doing right. coffee mugs, right? So what you would do is you want to apply. So if I have hundred thousand overhead. I'm, my forecast calls for hundred thousand mugs. So I want to divide those. So my cost hundred thousand dollars in overhead divided by my hundred thousand mugs. So it's a dollar per mug should be added on to that material and labor cost that I have in that mug already to increase what the cost of my mug is going to be. Okay. That's, that, that, that makes sense? That way, yeah. Okay. Another, way, another way would be to add it to the, to the labor cost. Correct, if, so, if, if you have a service business. That's so, right. How would that look, Jack? Well, you're, you're going to have your, your labor cost hourly rate, and the pool of overhead costs are going to be applied to those hours. 
So we have 100,000 in overhead still. Let's use that same 100,000 number. And what's the number for hours? So let's let's say in terms of what, what our total billable hours are going to be for the year. Let's say, that, let's say it's going to be 10,000 hours that, that, that we're going to bill this year. And we were at, uh, when we last left the subject, we were at, uh, I'm being paid $25 an hour, but the company is is calculating my cost at $35 an hour. <clears throat> now we're going to add overhead of something else. So what we have is pretty much a, a fully loaded rate. Right. So of if I have 100,000? The rate of cost. Yeah. So, so it's a lot, that, that's, uh, costs so are different. This is a good example. So 100,000 in, in, in overhead, 10,000 hours. So that's that's 10 bucks now per hour, right? Okay. So you mentioned, okay, so we're, we're hiring you 25 bucks an hour. When we realize that you're not working 2,080 hours, you're only working 1,500 hours, that, that cost goes from, from 25 bucks an hour to 35 bucks an hour. Correct. Though. Unproductive. Now I'm going to add what? The, the, add 10 more Another on top of that? 10 more bucks for overhead. Right. So I'm at 45 bucks an hour. Holy crap. Okay. So now hey, I'm getting I have my screwed. cost. The company's collecting all. Well, what are you doing at it, though? This is cost. They're so, paying this out. Some, so, uh, some other pocket they have. Right? So keep in mind our first example. When we first just started this, Jack, we were talking about the, the idea of somebody, you know, here, here I'm hiring you for 25 bucks an hour, and I want to mark you up by 40%, so I'm going to charge 35 bucks an hour for you, right? Okay. All right. And I'm making 10 bucks an hour for every hour you work, I figure, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, what we just figured out was, well, not only is that not the case because I have unproductive time where I thought it was break-even, Hey, it was, you know, it's it's really cost me thirty five. I'm making thirty five. Well, in fact, I got another ten of overhead. I'm actually losing. I'm losing ten money. bucks an hour every hour you work and bill, Jack. I'm losing ten bucks on I you. I thought I had all this. Fan we haven't even talked material, but that's okay. You know, I I'm here. I'm thinking I'm making all this profit with this big markup, and I'm losing my ass. Holy crap, Adam. That's right. I better so, I better get out of this company or hire an accountant somewhere or do something. That's or right. listen to us <laughs> and basically set your selling price based on your cost. But you got to know your cost first. You got to gather the data, assemble it in a form that you can can truly, truly look at it with confidence and then mark it up correctly. Don't go multiplying stuff and assuming things and you basically don't know what you're doing versus... And you don't know what you're doing. That's why you go out of business. You don't go out of business because you're undercapitalized. You run out of money is what you do. You want right. to call that undercapitalized, that's fine. But you don't know how to mark up your cost to get your selling price. So hold on. So one step at a time. So we have our cost filing. Now we have our true costs for this. So for this $25 an hour employee, it's really costing me $45 an hour. Okay, so I've, I've, I've built it up. My labor, unproductive labor, and I've, I've applied overhead to that. Okay, now, if I want to set my selling price, the idea is, okay, how much profit do I want to make on you, Jack? That's right. We didn't okay. even talk about profit. Well, that's where we, let's get into this. So this little bit comes back to our margin versus markup discussion, right? So if I want to get a 40% margin on you, Jack, 40% margin, do you remember that calculation? So if I, yeah. if I have 45 is my, my, my total cost, how do I get to, if I want a 40% margin, how do I get to that, to that, to that selling price? Forty percent margin. Yep. I just multiply fifty by fifty percent. Wait, forty percent margin. Forty percent margin. When I multiply it by fifty percent, what do I get? I thought I get forty percent. <laughs> Let's no? try it. I don't know. Let's see, forty-five. If I divide times, by hold 50, on, times times one point five gives me sixty-seven and a half. <laughs> so that's twenty-two and a half dollars divided by sixty-seven and a half. I get thirty-three point three percent margin. Uh oh. So I wanted forty. How do I get forty? All right, so I got to take the forty-five dollars. That's the total, the, the the true fully loaded cost, and I got to divide that by 
1 minus my desired margin. So my desired margin is 40%, right? Okay. So I got to divide it by 0.6. So if I take 45, divide by 0.6, I get $75. That's called the reciprocal, isn't it? Reciprocal of 40% margin? Sure. It's okay. 1 minus. But yeah. Either one. All right. So I, got divide, so I divide by 1 minus my desired margin. So 1 minus 0.4 is, is 0.6. I'm sure our whole listening audience is 100%. Now we're keeping this up. So, so, my, so my, if my fully loaded cost is $45 for you, divide by 0.6, I get, a, I get a, a selling price of $75. Let's check that math now. So 75 minus 45, that's pretty easy math, right? That's, that's right. 30, right? So 30 divided by 75, 40%. Okay. okay. So here, let's come all the way back now. Hiring you for $25 an hour. I'm billing you out now at $75 an hour to get my desired 40% profit margin. Okay. All right. I, I can start to see that. I got to put it I got to put it down in front of me like that, but I I'm starting to see it, Adam. And we see this a lot. This is uh, the discussions we have with people like, "Well, gee, if all of a sudden if Jack finds out that I'm billing him out at 75 bucks an hour, he's going to leave and start his own company." You say, what the heck am I, you know, you're getting a great deal. You only pay me 25 bucks an hour. You're making a killing on me. So right. like slaves, this like slave labor here. What's going on? You're making 100 grand on me, Jack. That's right. Okay. That's, that's how they look at it. It's, it's ignorance driving the process here. And that's what happens. And that's why you lose money because you don't know how to take your cost, gather them, assemble them, put them in a form that you can do these markups that Adam's talking about very clearly seeing it in black and white. And usually the first time you do this, you say, holy God, where in the world that, I mean, it's it's such a huge impact on your company. And it's a relatively simple, not easy, but a simple process. Yes, it is. And so we covered a lot tonight. We were talking, giving simple examples, and we hopefully delved in enough detail in each segment here to, to help you walk through this. And if, you, if, you, if you're listening, listening live, you want to listen to it again, Go to our, our podcast. You can get it at iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, go search for Dirty Secrets of Small Business. You can listen to it again. You can pause it along the way. You kind of pull these things together. You want to get your material, labor, and overhead identified and have a forecast for what your sales volume is going to be in terms of units, whatever those units are. If it's producing and manufacturing a product or if it's, if it's bill bars, whatever it's going to be for, for, the, for the coming year, and making sure that we're, 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 we're calculating the proper margin and not just marking things up. I'm going to go listen to this just so I can understand whether I should divide or multiply my costs. All right. So those are those are good <laughs> things to keep in mind. And we, we, we again, thank you as always for joining us on this week's edition of Dirty Secrets of Small Business. I invite you to tune in every Wednesday. If you have any questions before our next show, shoot us an email: radio at maximumvp.com. Uh, go to our Facebook page. You got one of those too at uh, uh, facebook.com forward slash maximumvp. Or give us a phone call, 877-849-0670. Okay, I'm Jack Mancini with Maximum Value Partners, and we are business coaches, and we would love, absolutely love, to answer your how questions. That's what we do best. If you're listening to our podcast on iTunes, please leave a review there. It would be fantastic. We'd love to hear from you. And learn more Dirty Secrets of Small Business next Wednesday. Hey, thanks for listening on Integrity Radio, WINT, 1330 AM, 101.5 FM, and online at wintradio.com.